You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. Welcome back again this week to Time to Revive. My name is Mark Bird. I am going to be your host again today. And with me on the line is another super exciting guest, Mr. Rob Starnes from Bellefountain, Ohio. Rob, welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, Rob is a pastor from Logan County in which uh, we did their revival in 2018. And believe it or not, Rob and I have remained friends. Rob, <laughs> Rob isn't that miraculous? <laughs> that, that you continue to tolerate me? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, this is a super fun topic because we've been talking about it for several weeks now, Rob. But the reason it's particularly fun is because, Rob, you and I, have talked about these types of things off air, per se, in several instances. And that's why, as listeners know, I pray every week and I say, Lord, who would be a good person to talk to about lifestyle evangelism? And Rob, you popped up into my mind. Do you have any inkling why that would be? I hope it was because the Holy Spirit was involved. That's about, yeah. all, I can, that's about all I can say. So, Rob, we've talked about this a lot because, you know, you're pastoring, you're involved in, if you will, the life of the church, mm-hmm. right? The life of the modern church. Sure. And, you know, it's it's a church, right? But we, as a body of Christ, are really going through a lot of very similar things, Rob. Sure. When you start to talk about evangelism, what do you see the church as reacting to that word, if you will, in 2021, Rob, what are you experiencing? Well, I'm experiencing a requirement, I guess, a need for us to change the way we do things. I think we've leaned for a very long time on cultural Christianity, right? On, on the fact that it's it's just weaved into the fabric of who we are. And uh, especially in the South, I lived in the South for a time. And, you know, the question there was never, do you go to church? It was always, where do you go to church? And, and I think we've exited that. I think we've exited that, that Christendom, to use big words. We've exited that time frame. And so in 2021, um, I think we're looking at trying to recognize really more of what it was like for the earliest disciples to be in a society where Christianity is not the driving force. And none of us want to see that, but I think that's where we are. And I take encouragement from that. I do. I think actually there's some huge upsides to it if we're willing to step through. It takes courage, but I think there are upsides to it. Yeah. And Rob, it's interesting because as I mentioned, we have talked about this a little bit. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is you're seeing not only the culture or the fabric of the church in modern day today, you're seeing that shift a bit. But let's talk about for a minute Rob, how you see it affecting families, because you deal with families all the time. Sure. Well, I, I think we have been, at our level, pretty blessed by some of the fam- family changes in that, you know, for a very long time, you either did or did not approach Jesus or become a Christian or go to church even based on whether or not your family did. And, and w- what I see now are especially teenagers. I work a lot with them and I see a whole lot of teenagers that are earnestly searching. They're earnestly searching for purpose and meaning and love. 
And unfortunately, as their families have started to fall apart in many ways, it has, I guess, opened up a willingness or a doorway that they're willing to step through and say, I'm willing to search this out in places other than my family. So we actually have a ton of teenagers that we're engaged with that it's almost the McDonald's model, right? For many years, McDonald's, um, and still does, had these great happy meals to get the kids involved with coming to, to eat there. And so they would be the ones, you're right, yanking on their mom's coattails going, hey, uh, <laughs> I want to go to McDonald's. I want to go to McDonald's. And McDonald's was just hoping it would bring the parents, and it did. And we're seeing that. We're seeing that with, with our teenagers. They're engaging at a much higher level than new adults are, but they are bringing their parents eventually, some of them are bringing their parents and their families with them. And we have a greater opportunity to minister to them. So it's it's been, it's almost a backwards kind of thing, you know, where parents raise their kids in the church. Now it's their kids dragging their parents to church, which doesn't upset me at all, <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah Robin, uh, boy, when we get finished here, we got a lot more to talk to talk about because we're actually seeing this across different cities now. Right. Uh, just in the last six months, we're seeing this more and more where the youth are literally so hungry and so thirsty. They're like saying, do we have to wait on the parents? Right. Yeah, I, I, I think that's that's the case. We've got we just started this this thing we do uh, called Bible quiz with a number of churches. And last year we had seven kids come together and, and form a team. And this year we have 11. And, and they're all new kids and they're all new kids that have said, I want to learn. I want to learn about Jesus. I want to learn about, and do I have to wait on my parents to get excited about God before I can learn his word? And, and the answer is unequivocally, no, <laughs> please don't, please don't wait on them. Uh, there's, there's a reason why I think Jesus picked younger people to be his disciples. They are uh, brave, they are risk takers, um, and they're hungry and it does my heart a ton of good to see it each and every day, to be frank, to be really honest with you. So, Yeah, those are powerful things, Robin. You know, I want to pose this question. Sure. So I sort of jotted this note down just literally seconds before we hit record today. But uh, when we talk about the Great Commission, we talk about mm -hmm. evangelism as a lifestyle yep. and what you're starting to see the youth get a hold of. And my question that I jotted down was, is it still a thing? You know, like, hey, that's my thing. That's not my thing. You hear people say that all the time. Right. But evangelism, is it still a thing, Rob? Oh, I think it's a thing for our young people. I think adults really, really struggle with it. And and I think, I think again, it's because it's no longer a cultural norm. I think it takes more courage. You really have to be, you really have to see that it matters and commit to it, it takes commitment. It's really, evangelism is most effectively done through relationships. I mean, that's just, that's all there is to it. It's most effectively done through relationships. It's getting to know people and where they are and for who they are and walking with them for a time. It takes longer, it takes carving out time. And I guess one of the upsides of teenagers, I know I keep going back to them, but one of the upsides of them is if they're passionate about something, they will make the time. Right. They, they will, they don't worry about all the other things that they have going on. They will, you know, <laughs> in other corners of the world, they will just ghost you if they find something better. Right. <laughs> but, 
But they will do the same thing with evangelism. They will choose to say, you know what, these other things right now aren't nearly as important to me. I need to go tell somebody about Jesus, or I need to get to know them, or I need to walk with them for a while. And that's the kind of thing I think if, if we're as parents that we need to do a better job of with our kids and as adults as well, is recognizing that the world doesn't have to move as fast as we think it does. And maybe COVID has taught us that. You know, maybe COVID has forced us to slow down, which would be good, except that I, I fear that we fill it up with Netflix and Disney Plus instead of making relationships with people. Does that That's make sense? so good. That is so good. Again, I'm being joined by Pastor Rob Starnes from uh, Logan County. And Rob, we're talking about lifestyle evangelism. And I ask you if it's still a thing. <laughs> is, is evangelism still a thing? And of course, in parentheses there, valid. Is it still a valid thing? You know, and you're talking about youth. And I'm so glad that you are because I am seeing doors being opened all over. In fact, literally, there are three communities right now that I'm aware of uh, and I'm not aware of all communities everywhere in Ohio yet, but there are three communities in particular that I already know that the public school systems mm -hmm. are reaching out mm -hmm. to pastors groups and to churches yes. saying, would you please help us because we cannot figure out what to do anymore. Right, right. It's It's totally happening here in Logan County as well. You know, one of the the things that when we, when we moved here several years ago, we were introduced to a program called WRE, uh, Weekday Religious Education. And we moved from St. Paul, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And uh, the notion of teaching people about Jesus in the middle of the school day <laughs> in St. Paul, Minneapolis would have never happened. But here it does. And it's been happening for a very long time. But some of the feedback we continue to get is and my wife's heavily involved in it at this point, One, some of the feedback we continue to get is there is a marked difference between the kids who go to WRE and those who do not. They change, they grow, and they're able to, to see good rather than bad. They're able to recognize they are loved when maybe they didn't feel that way before. It's moving hearts and it's moving minds. And I know just as a pastor here, I've had a number of school systems call me at various times and say, hey, can you be engaged with us? Can you be engaged with us? Whether that be after a traumatic event, let's say a child commits suicide or something happens, it's the churches they go to because we're the ones who, at the end of the day, I hope have some answers. And that answer is, is obviously Jesus Christ and salvation in him, but they're learning. They're learning to go back to us. And there's a number of faith coalitions that are beginning to develop. It's really cool. It's really kind of cool to watch. And I think those are things that don't happen if everything just stayed status quo. So the notion of, of such a change in our culture, I think it's driving people to reevaluate some of their priorities and um, reconsider the way they look at life. And that may be what we all need, right? Yeah, Rob. And you know, it's interesting to me, and I'm so thankful. Honestly, I'm so grateful that you're bringing all this up because when you have a program like this and you have a ministry like we have, and it's like, oh yeah, you're all about evangelism. All you ever talk about is evangelism and that kind of thing. But what I love about this today, Rob, is this discussion is exactly that. Yeah. You hear the word evangelism, you think, oh, I got to go door to door. 
oh, I got to stand on the street corner downtown on a soapbox and yell at people. No, <laughs> what you're talking about, Rob, is responding to crises, responding to needs. This sure. is what I feel like evangelism is. It's responding to needs. Because if we don't meet the needs in the community, then we're not going to affect them. What did Jesus do when he went about? He went about, as the book of Acts says, doing good. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Yeah, we all know that Jesus was the evangelist. He was the preacher. He was the teacher. He was the rabbi. He was all of these things. But you know what else he was? He was the need meter. He was. Why were people following him in droves? Sure. Because he was meeting needs. That's right. Whether it was feeding them or healing them or, you know, listening to them. He was doing incredible things to help them heal and grow and meet needs, tangible physical needs. I do think the church is in some ways, I think we have walked away from that responsibility. I would say that. I, I would say that we we often farm out too much of the caring for the needs of others to the government sometimes. It's good. Rather than taking responsibility for it. We have to remember it's Christians that started hospitals, right? We're the, yeah. we're the, we're the inventors of hospitals. And uh, quite honestly, inv- Rob, I'll, I'll come to your rescue for just a second. But honestly, the welfare system in our country was developed because the church. Again, mm-hmm. we're not picking on your particular body, Rob, or sure. even a denomination. We're saying the church at large. Right. Uh, welfare system right. was invented or created because the people were crying out for need and the churches were not, we're not doing what it. they were called to do. We're not meeting it. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's hard. You know, that requires that requires us to think outside of ourselves more than we're really comfortable doing, which is <laughs> That's a big ask for for a lot of us. That's a, that's a big ask to live sacrificially and to to meet those physical needs of others, even before ourselves. Sometimes, yeah. And I'll tell you, Rob. Honestly, for us at uh, you know time to revive revival Ohio, for us that are known evangelists, quote unquote, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes to do ministry, you have to get dirt under your fingernails. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. even as an evangelist, you go, oh, well, all you like to do is talk, you yeah. know, and, and you know what it requires. But here's what I love, Rob, because you you opened up this can of worms, if you will. Rock on. You said it's relational. And 100%. I'm taken, I'm taken right away to Luke chapter 10. And I want to point out a couple of things in just two verses here. Right. Luke chapter 10, the first two verses. And after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where, here we go, he was about to go. Right. He was about to go himself. Right. And he called some others to go with him. Sure. Notice face to face. It says before his face, right? That's the relational piece, right? Like he called them face to face. And then listen to verse two. Then he said to them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Right. Now, what does that look like? What form does that take on Rob? Well, you know, as I was thinking about this, I was drawn to John chapter four, the woman at the well story. And, you know, I think the form it takes is is Jesus, I think, demonstrates three things here. He First, he meets the woman at the well where she is, right? 
he goes to where she is. And I think you could, I think you could say that physically. Yes, he goes to Samaria where she is. And I think it's great. The text says he had to go through Samaria. He did not. There was no good reason for him to have to go through Samaria. In fact, most Jews would have avoided it, right? Right. Um, at the time. But he had to go. It was like this calling to go where she was. But I also think that's that's metaphorical, right? He met her in a place where she was comfortable. And that's what I love about Time to Revive and, and what they do. It's really about that. It's really about bridging that gap of of saying, look, we're going to meet you wherever you might be and and just asking to pray for you it's not confrontational it's not oh we're standing on a street corner screaming at people which by the way drives me crazy but it's not what it's about it's about meeting them where they are but then he demonstrates something else he knows her for who she is right that's really what blows her mind it's really what blows her mind and causes her to say we have a prophet in our midst right in verse 29 he says she goes back to the city and she doesn't say the first words out of her mouth aren't this is it. This is the Messiah. The first words out of her mouth are, this guy knows who I am. This guy knows everything about me. He knows me for who I am. And it's what moves the whole town. They go back out to see him based on that too. In verse 39, it says, because he knows everything about this lady. That's So it's, it's meeting her where she is. It's getting to know her for who she is. And then the relational piece is beyond that. It's being willing to walk with them for a time. I think a verse that gets really missed at the end of that is where it says Jesus stayed with them for two days. Amen. Amen, brother. He stayed with them for two days. And, And I think to myself, is that one of the big pieces that we miss? Because that requires a willingness to see things through. That requires a willingness to walk with somebody through their difficulties. And, and that's, that's, that's hard. That's really, really hard to do. And, and, and honestly, we balk against it because I think it, it carves out some of our time and requires us to change the way we do things. But but isn't that really what the gospel is, right? Isn't it about us constantly kind of transforming and moving towards Jesus and how, how he would have us be so that we can be his light in the world, right? That's so well said, Robin. And that's what this whole program is about. That's what this whole series is dedicated to, doing it as a lifestyle, right? Like not, not mustering up enough courage Right. You know, gritting your teeth and all that. It's doing life with. And that's why I say right. in in our everyday lives, Rob, I don't like to get my hands dirty. Right. Sure. sure. You know, but sometimes in life, guess what? The trash can blew over yeah. and there's trash all over the yard. Yeah. And what do you do? Oh, well, I don't like that. No, well, you, you got to go pick up the trash. You do. You do. Do we have a time for a story real quick? Something yes, happened to absolutely. me. It's kind of, kind of confessional at my end. Um, this was probably, I don't know, 15 years ago. And I was uh, I was still in seminary at the time. And I was scheduled to go practice preach at a church. And so they used to send us out to different churches in the area and say, go preach at this church on a given Sunday. And I went out to speak at a church in Mountain View, Arkansas, of all places. Wow. And uh, so I, I went out to speak at this church, and they put me up in a hotel the night before because it was three hours from the college, and uh, they knew I couldn't make it there by 8 a.m. or didn't want me to leave at 5 in the morning to make it there by 8 a.m. So they put me up in a hotel the night before. And I'm in this hotel the night before, and I'm finishing up, putting the finishing touches on some things for the sermon, and and uh, I need to print it off. So I go downstairs. Now, keep in mind, I'm there to do what? I'm there to preach. 
I'm there to spread the word of God, right? To teach people about Jesus. Right. And I go downstairs to print off my sermon. And, you know, the guy behind the counter, I said, hey, where's the printer? He shows me. I said, hey, thanks. Hey, man, are you doing okay tonight? Everything going all right? And confessionally, what I'm hoping for is that he's going to say, yeah, it's all good. Everything's great. Uh, But he doesn't. He says, you know, this has been a horrible, horrible time for me. And so, and this is almost midnight at the time. Wow. And so confessionally, there was a part of my being that was like, I ain't got time for this. I got God work to do. I need to go to sleep and get rested so I can preach tomorrow morning. Right. Amen. And <laughs> that was not God's plan that day. <laughs> that was, that was not God's plan at all. And so I ended up sitting and you said something really cool before it's not really mostly about what we say it's about whether or not we're willing to listen that's it right and and i and so i sat with this guy and he talked with me for over two hours so we're pushing two two thirty in the morning his shift is finally over and he goes i'm gonna go home and i said i don't know what i don't know what made me do this but i said well i do know jesus did but i said so tomorrow morning i gotta be at church at like 8 15 I've never been to this church before. He goes, oh, I know where it is because he was local. I said, I said, you know, be really cool if you could just show me how to get there. Wow. And, or t- and he shows back up the next morning in a suit and tie. And that's not the, the image this guy was carrying the night before. Right. Right. And he shows up in a suit and tie ready to go to church. And he gets there and the people of God at that place, because I'm not from there, but the people of God at that place just enveloped him they just enveloped him and prayed over him and invited him into their lives and i checked on him for months afterwards and he would call me and go yeah i'm doing good i'm I'm with the church and and they're treating me well and they're taking care of me and they're providing for me and teaching me and now isn't that what it's supposed to look like right when someone comes to the family of god wow we envelop them and the truth is like i said that was not what i was looking to do that day Right. I had plans and my plans were godly. I got stuff I got to get done. And but God was like, no, this is not what it's about, Rob. And I learned so much just from that one night of this is not what it's about. Well, and that's the thing, Rob, that I've learned is if you just take that first step, like you may just even put your toe in the water. Yeah. And and God reveals so much of his plan, his purpose and and how he wants us to be really oh my goodness, in, yeah. in a lifestyle, like how he wants us to live. And that's, that was your introduction. Rob. That was not yeah. the first time that you ever did it, I'm sure. But it was like your introduction to what it's really about. You right. came there to preach a message, right? Hey, I got God's man for the hour. I got the message of the hour. <laughs> right. And here we go. Roll up your sleeves and sit down there, boy. And uh, let this man pour out his heart to you. That's right. That's because that's, that is what it's about. And that, that moment really changed the way I look at how, as a, I guess, a professional minister, how I'm supposed to work, but the priesthood of all believers, right? That recognition that our call is to, to engage in broken lives. Oh yeah. That's what it's all about. And to help pick up the pieces because we know really, ultimately it's only God that can put it back together. Right. It's only, it's only Jesus. It puts me back together on a daily basis. My goodness. Amen. It keeps us, keeps us in the game, Rob. Oh my goodness, I'd be a train wreck without him. 
You've been listening to Time to Revive, and we invite you to tune in again next week. Unfortunately, as typically, we're out of time. Time flies. But here's the thing. So the, the question was raised early on, is it still a thing? Is evangelism still a thing? Yes. And, you know, Rob touched on it. Are there still people with needs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, right. it's like, you know, because I do. I've had young people go, well, isn't that kind of an archaic thing now? You know, isn't that kind of like old fashioned? Well, I don't know. People are still people and people still have needs. And man, Rob, look around our society, our culture, even here in where we live, Rob, is in desperate need of the realness, a real touch of God. And so that's why we must be about our father's business, not just when we schedule it on the church calendar, but right. like in our everyday lives, right. we have to be always available and ready to give the reason for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Rob, thanks again for jumping on, brother. I, uh, I always enjoy a chat with you about the Lord. I walk away encouraged every time. Yeah, same. Absolute same, brother. Awesome. And thanks again, folks, for tuning in. You've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.